This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome back in, everyone. Uh, we're joining you tonight on a another victorious Saturday night on the in the SEC for LSU as they go on the road and knock out Florida. Uh, just a, an absolutely huge win for this team. Uh, a lot of positive momentum that you can see from building from this offense. Uh, the Tigers go into Gainesville and knock off the Gators 45-35 uh, behind some electric play from Jaden Daniels. And we'll get into all that stuff here in a minute. Uh, of course, joining is Dylan Sanders, who is also watching this game. Uh, we're doing this from the comfort of our own homes. We will be at some more road games later this year, but uh, decided to stick the Florida one here in in, in, Bay, in Baton Rouge. But, um, yeah, I mean, before we get started here, I uh, just want to remind you guys to subscribe, hit the like button on YouTube, uh, certainly give us all your attention on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you guys get your podcasts from. Anything helps in terms of getting the brand out there, getting this podcast out there as we try to really build this thing out. But that being said, Dylan – I mean, this was the this was the Jaden Daniels that I think everyone wanted to see. He was pretty much uh, flawless, I would say, uh, in this game. Yeah, he had the one interception there in the fourth quarter that was uh, luckily turned around and, and and given a you know roughing the passer call. But um, I'd say outside of that one play, this was the guy that we thought we were getting in LSU, and this was a a really big momentum performance for him in terms of what we can expect moving forward. Yeah, this is not the time to to nitpick a couple misses. Literally, everybody has a couple of misses uh, in every game. So, you know, all in all, this is the absolute best you can ask out of a college quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, just realistically, of course, people can have better games, but going into a game, this is about the most you can ask realistically for a quarterback. Six total touchdowns, three in the air, three on the ground is exactly kind of what we wanted Jaden Daniels to be. Um, he was able to use his legs as a threat. But it was a secondary thing. It was whenever plays broke down or they had design runs. It wasn't just because it, – it wasn't panic runs. He was, he was as poised as could be tonight, made some big thro- – like really big throws. And, and that's really what we – I wanted – like we, everyone knew Jaden Daniels has a huge arm and he just hasn't used it to this season. And uh, Brian Kelly pointed to it in the postgame press conference – it's it confidence comes in trusting your receivers. And this is the first game where it really looked like he trusted everybody he could possibly be throwing to. And it paid off, man, what a, what a performance it was. 
it was yeah i've been a big jay and daniel supporter since he came here i was a big fan of the transfer and it was because i knew he had games like this in him and um this com- this game completely shuts down i think for the rest of the season any talks of putting in another quarterback yeah i mean i would say so i would say i agree with that uh premise as a whole um i would say you know look i mean when you when you have a guy that goes for six touchdowns and is really the only the second quarterback other than Joe Burrow to ever have a game like that. I mean, I don't know what more you could ask for if you're an LSU fan, if you watched that game tonight and just didn't come away thinking, oh, okay, this is what they were seeing. This is what they were hoping to see from him uh, moving forward. And I think you make a really great point about the receivers. Um, it was definitely something I was going to touch on if you didn't, but the, the chemistry that he had mm-hmm. with Kayshawn today, especially early in that game, um, you know, the, him delivering the ball to nine different receivers throughout this contest. I think seven of those had uh, multiple uh, multiple catches. Seven of those players had multiple catches. Um, it was just an absolute um, schlacking. I mean, he was just picking Florida apart uh, really from the start of this game. Um, and, and the biggest thing that we wanted to see, I think we talked about it a lot over the last couple of weeks, is the aggression. You know, we wanted to see him take that sh- those shots. We wanted to see him make those aggressive plays downfield. I mean, that ball he threw to Keisha, I mean, uh, to Jare Jenkins down the sidelines there, uh, if that doesn't get your blood pumping, I don't know what will. That was a perfect pass. Uh, that was a great read, a great catch, a great throw. A great, uh, great use of the onside. Like uh, yeah. Brian Kelly's mentioned it, like they have that play built in for stuff like that, and Jaden has, has not trusted it. In uh, multiple times a season, and this time he did. And look, it paid off. Dre made a veteran play, made a veteran catch, and uh, brought it in for a touchdown. And one of the most fun plays, if not the most fun play this season. I would say so. I would say it's definitely up there for me uh, in terms of fun plays, in terms of just entertaining uh, developments during a play. Um, Brian Thomas's catch, uh, both Thomas. his catch and his non-catch. Yeah. Non-catch. Yeah. Uh, I use air quotes for audio listeners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> tonight, we're both both of those highlights were awesome as well. Yeah, and look, I mean, they got John Emery going out of the backfield with a couple passes. They got Josh Williams involved in the passing game as well. I think that's something you absolutely want to see moving forward is getting those backs involved out of the backfield. Um, Josh, yeah. Josh Williams is someone that I think everybody owes a lot of – apologies to uh, because um he going into the season i I don't know if you remember in the in the fall camp threads every time we mentioned josh williams we were like josh Josh williams is is getting this much run and he has been i think the best overall back in lsu's uh backfield this season like dude's awesome yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I definitely – I wrote about him in our three-players piece earlier this week. I just felt like he was in for a big game. Um, he goes for over 100 yards on the ground. That big 51-yard run right out of the gate in the third quarter, I think really uh, took a lot out of Florida um, and and, uh, and just kind of really helped them kind of get back on that same track that they kind of ended the first half with, which was really impressive to see. Um you know, look, I, I think this was a, a huge, huge, huge game for the momentum of this offense. And I'm right there with you. I kind of think that, yeah, I was kind of the opinion that coming in uh, this week, if LSU sputtered, if they lost to, you know, Ole Miss, if they lost to Alabama, 
um, which could still very well happen. I'm not saying they're going to beat either <laughs> of those teams, but um, I, in, in that scenario, I was just starting to think that maybe, hey, if you if you're kind of looking at five and five, if you're staring down the barrel of 500, um, you know, why not go to one of the younger guys? Why not get those guys a little bit of experience at quarterback? Um, but I think Jaden's performance tonight. Um, it's just something that can really be built on. I think they can have success next week against Ole Miss. We can touch on that a little bit at the end of the pod, but um, I, I, I think you know he was he was flawless tonight. I mean, 194 uh, passer rating, completed 72% of his passes uh, while taking those shots downfield. Uh, I mean, I looked it up during the game, but LSU had I think it was they had eight plays that got, went over, went for over uh, 15 yards on the night. Uh, that you know accumulated for a huge portion of their their you know their yardage. You know they had eight plays uh, that went through the air uh, for 220 yards gained uh, on 15 plus yards downfield, uh, and then they had five uh, 10 plus yard runs that went for 95 total yards of their full, full 532 yards on the uh, on the night. So they were getting huge chunks. They were consistently moving the sticks. They were hitting big plays. Um, it's just the kind of fun offense that you really wanted to see. And I think, you know, some credit goes to Mike Denbrock. I thought they called a really great game. Um, you know, I think it, it, when you have an effort like this, especially on offense, uh, it's a it's a total team effort. And I thought that LSU did a fantastic job tonight. Yeah, it's again, I don't know how many times we can say it. This is exactly the game you wanted to have. It was huge for so many reasons. And we'll touch on the defense in a little bit, but. Uh, even just for Brian Kelly, what a huge day for him. Um, I mean, not only do you beat Billy Napier, the guy uh, the guy who a lot of LSU fans were like looking out the window longingly towards all year, like, oh, this is the guy. And, uh, you know, that Napier culture, there were Florida players, I don't know if you saw this, on, on Instagram after the game tweeting out, F this team. Uh, really? in, in terms of Florida, so wow. Florida's in a bad place right now. Um, Billy nice. Napier's got a, got a mess to to clean up there. And meanwhile, Brian Kelly's doing uh, Tiger Woods fist bumps uh, yeah. on the side on the side of the sidelines. And you know, for no particular reason, Stanford beat Notre Dame today. Um, the yeah. the their Stanford's first Power Five win in eleven games or uh, twelve games. So. We don't have to talk about the Irish. Yeah. This isn't a fighting Irish podcast. Yeah, but just you know, just for overall for yeah. Brian Kelly, I would say great so. Day. And look, one of the uh, more interesting post game things that I saw just kind of circulating on Twitter was uh, was Brian Kelly. He had his arm around Kayshawn Booty the whole time in there when they were doing the Forever LSU there at the end of the game. They, you could tell they were having a nice conversation back and forth and. There's been a lot made about that relationship, and I think there was, you know, you had to get to a certain point with him. But um, I, I think, you know, look, he made Kayshawn this year or this week. He made him uh, the offensive captain for a second week in a row, and it was because of the way Kayshawn practiced. He said that after the game that Kayshawn has really, really bought in. You know, he's he's done a really nice job these last couple weeks of kind of staying the course and being kind of the – uh, the, the, I don't want to say cheerleader. Cheerleader is not the right word, but like the just just kind of given that consistent effort that you hope to see from your junior leader, who's probably going to be a first round pick next year. I mean, and he was able to pay it off with a big game. I mean, I thought his his performance early in this game really kind of helped dictate LSU's offense in terms of them moving the ball down the field because um, you know Florida really just couldn't. They, they couldn't stop him early. I mean, uh, Daniels and him developed a really great rapport in this game early. 
Um, and and I think they just were able to ride that momentum really all and you know all the way the rest of the game with with the way they were passing the ball. So just a really impressive offensive performance overall. Um, you know, we can talk a little bit about the defense. Um, in terms of the good, the bad, and the ugly, I would say that, that you know obviously the offense was the good. The defense was probably the bad, and I'm not even sure if ugly is really a good word to quantify special teams. I think there's something probably below there that you kind of have to look at. But um, shout out to Damian Ramos, though, dude, nailed a 47 yarder. Right. I, I will say yes, that that 47 yard kick was about as clutch as you could have. Uh, he had a nice little Cade York moment there uh, to really put LSU over the top in the final couple minutes. But um, you know, look defensively. Lots of uh, lots of miscues. I mean, I, I just there was you know, um, you know on the ground they just weren't hitting the right angles. It looked like they were taking bad angles on you know on the front seven. They were you know letting Anthony Richardson kind of dictate the pocket there for a little while and, and kind of escape and extend plays and not being able to bring him to the ground. And uh, you know, look, Florida came in. They were you know a, a high rushing team. They were averaging over 200 yards on the ground. They got 210 in this game. Um, they scored four of their five touchdowns on the ground. Um, you know, it was just a, it was a, another, I think, sign of concern, you know, kind of back-to-back weeks here where LSU's run defense really kind of let them down. Um, there were some, there were a couple of really uh, dumb penalties, you know, that you had against Jay Ward in this game um, that could have potentially cost you a, a, a huge, huge part of this game. Um, you know, there was, not 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 smart stuff there, um, and you know you could see it on the broadcast that Coach Kelly uh, certainly let him have it after you know a couple of those plays. So, got to get that stuff cleaned up, uh, particularly when you're facing a couple offenses here in Ole Miss and in Alabama in the next three weeks that are absolutely riding a, a huge huge high. But just I guess for you, what were some of the big takeaways you took away, um, you know, defensively from this game? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I don't want to ride on him too hard just because he, you know, he, he's newer, I guess, newer to the offense, newer, newer to the defense, newer to the team. But Joe Fouché ha- ha really has – there has to be something uh, fixed with him because he missed – just completely whiffed on a couple of key plays on there. Um, and, look, we'd said before the game, I mean, uh, Anthony Richardson's a hard dude to take down. Yeah. But, uh, you know – it was Fouché on on one of those runs, and then uh, a big run by uh, Etn, I believe it was. Um, he just completely whiffed and was late, and just wasn't in position to to get those tackles. So something uh, he's going to be someone to watch again. He's newer; he hasn't had as much time to any to, as uh, in game time as anybody else. But at this point in the season, going into week eight now, it's that's not an excuse for your defense as a whole just play someone who's ready or he needs to get ready at this point. That's a, that's a big spot that I'm looking for is the safety game in the safety play in the run game as a whole. Uh, it just happened to be him who was a big part of it today. Yeah. I mean, I, I think kind of building off that a little bit, I thought the uh, Florida offensive line, which we kind of came in thinking that might be a strength. Um, I thought they kind of, 
you know, they handled LSU's defense. They're, they handled their front seven really well. I mean, uh, Micah Baskerville and Harold Perkins, I thought both had really nice nights. But outside of that, I mean, I couldn't really point to a guy. I mean, Savion Jones, I think, had a couple big plays in the first quarter. But um, outside of that, I couldn't really, you know, tell you many guys that made a huge impact, you know, in that front seven. I didn't see much. Micah Baskerville was everywhere. Yeah. I'll give, awesome. I'll give him credit. And yeah. while we're talking about people who made it or failed to make an impact, uh, play Harold Perkins. Just, yeah. just do it. I don't know. I don't know how you do. It's been proven that he can play multiple linebacker positions on the field. Have him out there. How just, just get him on the field. Um, it's at this point, there's, I feel like there's not an excuse two weeks in a row where he was heavily underutilized. And whenever he was on the field tonight, he was an impact player to no surprise. Uh, he had, he had, he had a strip sack that was called the Ningley pass for some reason. And then on the very next play, he almost did it again. Uh, The same exact thing. Um, the kids, kids, a crazy good football player. You got to play him. I don't. I don't know about this scheme fit stuff. Just get him on the field. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And, you know, he had, I think, five total tackles tonight. He had a nice little pass breakup in there as well. But, um, yeah, he's somebody that needs to be playing a lot. Um, I, I, I liked what Savion Jones did. You know, it looked like a lot that, you know, Savion Jones was was kind of uh, overtaking Ali Gay in, in some role, uh, in some way, in some role this, this game. Um, I really liked I- what he did. I think that's been needed too. Yeah. Uh, Gay's been kind of one of the more, I wouldn't say disappointing, but more lackluster starts to the season. And uh, having a guy like Savion Jones, who it seems like whenever he's in the game, he's in the backfield. Uh, so that's something to watch for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, I mean, you don't want to rag, rag, rag on the you know secondary too much, but Bernard Converse got beat deep on a touchdown there, um, the very first touchdown of the game. Um, you got to get some of that stuff cleaned up back there. Um, you know, when, when, when you got, when you know that Florida is a run, run heavy team, you've got to be on your P's and Q's at all times in the secondary, because you don't know when that play action is coming. You don't know when those, uh, you know, delayed handoffs are coming, those run pass options are coming. So, um, you, you've got to really be, uh, you know, technically sound. I thought LSU was not all that great tonight in that area in that respects, but, Look, you, you get to turn the page here to another game, but um, I think you know it's it, it's a it's a big time um, you know it's a big time thing they're going to have to really put in that effort this week in practice because uh, Ole Miss is certainly a very scary and potent offense as well. Um, you know, I, I would say that I really liked um, you know we we talked a little bit about it, but you know I thought that the special teams was uh, not great. I mean, look, you you had um, you know. A nice couple punts there from Jay Bramble. You had the kick, you know, the field goal there from Ramos at the end. Um, but man, I mean, the, the muff punt. I mean, it's got to be in these guys' head at some point. I mean, I'm not sure yeah. how much you can chalk up to coaching. How much of it goes on execution? I think there's certainly a case to be made for both. But um, they they've got to get that cleaned up. I mean, I just don't. There's really no other words to kind of describe just kind of how consistently poor that that has been i am to this point of the season i'm putting it on coaching um because i I mean we've seen it multiple multiple times we saw it live and they mentioned on the broadcast how uh today on on today's muff punt brian polian was trying to make last second adjustments to the to the positioning so obviously they're not getting out there they're not out there in the right spots uh they are they had an illegal formation today um, this, this is stuff that is, 
as much as the players do have to go and execute and how much it seems like, oh, the player's out there, he has to make the catch. And that is true. But it is beyond clear to me that at this point, seven weeks in the season, these players are being failed in their preparation. And I, at this point, I'm putting it solely on the coaching staff. It's, it's, it's past, it's past a point of being like, Oh, well maybe, maybe it's just, you know, it is in the players' heads, but it's also a a failure of coaching at this point of the season. I can't, there's no way for me to put it, to, to view it any other way at this point of the season, every single week for seven straight games is the same mistakes in the same spots. Just do something differently. I'm not a coach. I'm not, I don't know how to do it differently. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what goes into special teams fully, but to me, it seems like there's no other explanation than it's a failure of coaching. Yeah. I mean, you really feel bad for a guy like Jack Besh, who really is a sure handed player. I mean, you know, I think that, um, that muff punt, you know, you kind of saw, him go off to the sidelines. He was very upset. But I, I also – because he didn't play much the rest of the game, if at all. And then he came back in the second half, and he had uh, what was later described as a back strain. I'm curious if maybe his back locked up on him on that muff punt. I mean, you want to give mm-hmm. him the play, play, you know, benefit of the doubt. But um, he had been dealing with a little bit of a back strain, we learned from Coach Kelly after the game. Um, so hopefully he'll be okay. Um you know, there, I think the one one of the other positives that came out of this game was that there wasn't a whole ton of injuries. You know, I think guys were relatively healthy throughout this one, um, which you haven't been able to say uh, in, in recent weeks. It seems like a different guy is missing a game, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, pretty consistently. So um, to have that kind of be a, a, a non-storyline, I think, was good for LSU. Um, I think we could probably touch on the O-line. I thought the O-line held up pretty <laughs> Yeah we, we, I, yeah, we didn't really mention the O-line with our offensive spiel, but, um, you know, getting Will Campbell back, I mean, you wouldn't think a freshman right ta- or a freshman left tackle would make that big of a difference, but uh, you can really tell the continuity of this group is growing when he's in there. Um, they're, they're starting to get some stability with him and Emory Jones and uh, with, with Miles Frazier, with Charles Turner. Uh, and when they get Garrett Dellinger back, I think they should be able to really be rolling. But everybody had a good night up front. I thought they did a really nice job. Um, you can't – you have to have a – like we said, we have to have a complete full team effort when you go for 530 total yards uh, and, and and pretty well balanced, I would say, between the run and the pass. But um, did you – were you really looking much at the O-line tonight? And just what did you think of kind of their performance? I got to give – we got to give flowers. I mean, it's every week at this point, but – Shout out to Will Campbell uh, and and Emory Jones. A Will Campbell in the hospital last week. Right, uh, comes back, uh, takes. A, they both took their lumps early in this game, and to be true freshmen on the road in the SEC against elite talent, to have the composure to to come back and then really just lock in and just be dominant for most of the game. It's LSU has some has some really really special on that offensive line, at least on the edges. Um, just because those are the most obvious ones to watch. Uh, again, we're doing this one right after the game, so uh, you know, going back, we'll we'll look at look into the interior a, a little bit more. Talk about it next week, but uh, yeah, really just imp- really impressed and really optimistic about the future of this offensive line. It's something that Kelly's always been good at, and to have. Th- two concrete true freshman tackles for at least three more years is something really, really special and a very good thing to have to worry, uh, to not have to worry about uh, for the future. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think kind of the stat that really um, propels this into, uh, man, everybody was clicking on all cylinders today was, you know, on fourth, third and fourth down, they were terrific. I think they went, they went 10 <laughs> of 14 combined on third and fourth down tonight. Um, you know, they, they, they were great. I thought Jaden was, was, you know, really good in those situations. I think at one point he was uh, seven of eight or seven of seven, uh, you know, on third down conversions in terms of passing and, um, that that fourth and one with Josh Williams there in the fourth quarter that really got them allowed them to bleed off some more clock, some key clock there. That was a great push up front. I think they had six or seven man protection on that play, and Josh Williams just barreled his way through uh, up the middle and did a nice job to get that first down. Um, just just some really great stuff. I mean, stuff that you can build on, and I think that is really the the big takeaway that I have from this game overall, especially on offense, is that you can really build off of this performance. I mean, there's some stuff that they think they found. Uh, I hope this is a good blueprint game for Jaden Daniels in terms of, hey, I can now I now know that I can prove myself in, in, in this in this conference. I can beat teams this way. I can be aggressive. I can take my shots downfield and I can really get uh, all these guys involved because they are elite, elite athletes. And that's something that he's told us. You know, a lot when we talk to him in player interviews is he he he. Tr- I don't think it's a lack of trust. It's just I think it's a lack of trust in himself to make those plays uh, to those guys and get those guys more involved. And so now that he's seen that, now that he's seen that he can do it, um, you hope that that can translate here uh, into Ole Miss and into Alabama. But are there any parting thoughts you have on Daniels? I mean, I, I, I we we talked about him a lot early in the pod, but just like. I mean, this is this is it, right? This is the kind of guy that you want to see uh, moving mm-hmm. forward, and a guy that can give you opportunities to compete in games like Ole Miss and Alabama. Yeah, um, he's he's the guy. Great game from him. Uh, again, couldn't ask for much more on the road in the SEC. Um, people will point to the fact probably that that Florida doesn't have a great defense, and that's true. But my retort to that is usually. Uh, they handled a bad defense like they should handle a bad defense. Uh, Auburn had a really bad defense. Tennessee's passing defense has not been great, and this was not the performance that they got. This is such a, a such a, um, a momentum builder, a confidence builder. Uh, I can promise you the coaching staff is not going to be telling this offense that, oh, you did it against a bad defense. They're going to be saying, oh, you went into an SEC West opponent's uh, home stadium and you dominated their defense, which is so hard to do. I don't yeah. think that it's be it is that is what they did today is so incredibly hard to do. Um, and they did it with ease for the first three quarters. And then as they tried to like play a little bit more conservatively, um, it kind of slowed down and maybe that is something to look at for the coaching staff. This team all season has not looked good whenever they play conservatively. I feel like it's a big red blinking sign of how they should approach this offense and, uh, parting thoughts on this game. We have to give our flowers to Mike Denbrock for calling an excellent game. We've been hard on him. At least I have been I've been hard on him in the past. And I believe that was right. That was rightfully so. Um, so we do have to give him his flowers whenever he calls a great game. And that's what he did. They dialed up the right plays. They dialed up uh, plays to get their playmakers involved. I really liked the creative stuff they did, like with shovel passes and getting the running backs involved. I thought he played, he called it an excellent game. And the entire 
the entire offense was in motion, and this is exactly what we need. We we know we the defense didn't have the best day, but um, you know it's 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 the thing where we know what this defense can be. We didn't know what this offense could be. So now we know what this offense can be and we know what this defense can be. And it gives you a little bit more faith going into the harder games of the season. Again, not saying they're going to beat Alabama. They're not going to beat Ole Miss, but it gives you a lot more faith that you can at least make the games interesting. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, six touchdowns on your first six possessions. I mean, that's just what the doctor ordered. And I think you, you look at this game and what did LSU finally, what were they finally able to do on offense? That was get off to a fast start. And um, you know, I think that it's just it, – it, it's so underrated being able to go into another opponent's, uh, you know, stadium and score, you know, two, three, four times in a row. I mean, it just gives you so much momentum that you're doing the right thing. It takes the crowd out of it immediately. I mean, Florida's crowd was – I mean, I, you couldn't really hear it. I mean, through the – I mean, we, we were just at home. But, like, I mean, there was – they were pretty silent there when LSU went up. Uh, you know, uh, two, three scores there in that third, fourth quarter range. And, like, you, you just – you feel really good, I think, about where this offense is at uh, heading into this game or, or heading into this next game against Ole Miss. So, um, you know, with that, we can get uh, – touch a little bit on Ole Miss. You know, Ole Miss won today. They beat um, – you know, they beat up on uh, on Auburn. Um, it was a close game for a while. I mean, Auburn played – had a really nice uh, start to this one. But Ole Miss pulled away 48-34. Um, they had three guys, three running backs go for well over 100 yards. Um, that's going to be scary. I think you can – I think the early game plan here is to try to make Jackson Dart beat you with his arm. You know, Jackson Dart is not uh, is not going to be the, the guy they had. they've had the last couple of years whose name is escaping me right now. Um, Matt Corral. Yeah, Matt Corral. Yep, yep. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna run you. I mean, Zach Evans is a, is a great back. Um, um, they just Ole Miss had 448 yards of rushing offense today, which yeah. is really scary. Yeah. Um, whenever you look at how this LSU team has done against the run the past two weeks, and that's kind of funny because they have the single best run defender in the Power Five in Makai Wingo. Yeah. If you in terms of like grade, grade like PFF grades, which I do tend to believe like their front seven or their defensive line, offensive line grades, I think they do have a good formula there. Um, Makai Wingo, again, also still looked great today. Shout out to Makai Wingo. Um, I really would like to see a lot of Micah Baskerville and Harold Perkins at linebacker. Um, Those those two seem like your two best players, and I feel like you can trust them. And we haven't seen that combo enough, and I feel like whenever we do see it, it works well. So that is what I would like to see. Just an early early observation. This game is going to be hard. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no shocker. Top ten SEC team, hard to beat. Um, but it is at home. It's going to be the two thirty SEC game, uh, CBS game. Uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. They have a bunch of really good running backs. Zach Evans was my favorite running back in the SEC going into the season, and he's their second best back. So that should give you an idea of how things are going over there for Lane Kiffin. But yeah, make them make, make Jackson dart beat you with his, with, with his arm. He ran for over a hundred yards today uh, in today's game. Uh, so maybe you have to worry about, worry about, yeah, you have to worry about him on the run. So 
That's kind of the MO now in the SEC is quarterbacks can run. And so LSU's got a nice, healthy dose of that, you know, between the Jordan Travis's of the world, the Richardson's of the world. Um, It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting game. Look, I think LSU um, a week ago, if you had told me that LSU was going to beat a team because of its offense, I wouldn't have believed you. Uh, But now that we've seen it, um, I think this is absolutely something that can roll over. I think you can start to build some really conjugal or some really great momentum on this um some really you know, it's just great i mean just they, they've just been so great in terms of uh getting all these guys involved getting all these receivers involved if you can continue that uh moving on here into this game against Ole Miss before your open date um i, I think LSU is going to have a real shot here i mean I, I know it's really early we're just filming this on saturday night at 11 o'clock but um you know as we dive into the weeds next week i think we're going to um, we're going to see some really great stuff. And I think, you know, we're going to get some really great information from Coach Kelly uh, and from these players. And we'll see just kind of what that game plan looks like, what their thoughts are uh, heading into that uh, another top 10 matchup, another top 10 opportunity here uh, to win at home, continue to add some some layers here to your program, to your process, to how you want this thing to look um, ultimately. And uh, it's going to be a great opportunity, I think, for LSU. But um, with that, I think we'll yeah. – yeah. I would say just let us let us know how you how you feel about the immediate post game reactions. It was a bit easier to do um, this time because we're both at home already. Right. But uh, you know, let us know how you felt about it because it's a, it's a little bit of different of a vibe doing it like right after the game. Yeah, or yeah, it's a little bit night. more fresher on the mind. So um, absolutely, but yeah, we'll we'll certainly be in touch. We're gonna have another pod probably uh, you know towards the end of the week, Thursday Friday range, just like we have been. Uh, But until then, guys, uh, we'll catch you later. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.